listening to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure discover the tools to stop playing small and tap into the courage required to enjoy their Second Wind. Welcome. Welcome to Second Wind. You know, Second Wind is the podcast that's here today to encourage you to playful out, to inspire you to dream big, much bigger, and to inform you about how to get there. Now, my guests go through their process of sharing so that you'll find that courage, the inspiration, and they're going to provide you with some knowledge to help you move through your second wind, just as they move through theirs multiple times. So I welcome you to the show today. And I'm excited about sharing this guest. I think she's going to be fascinating for me. She was for me, so I assume she's going to be for you as well as she shares with us. Now, her name is Ambika Davi. Davi. How did, uh, how did I do? Oh, I've been. You got the first name. Great. It's Ambika yeah. Davi. Um, you know, <laughs> my listeners just laugh. They have to laugh because I am. If I can mess it up, I will. Is that not is that not true? <laughs> it's okay. So, it's it's not a very common name in the West, and so uh, it's understandable it's that name. it's a little challenging. Yes, yes, but it's a beautiful name, really. Well, thank you. It's uh, the name of Mother Nature. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. Okay. Or it's it's one of the names of the great Mother Goddess, and she's the one who gave birth to the qualities of nature. Ah, I see. Very good. Well, mm. you understand how she comes across that, <laughs> with that, she carries that name today. As I go through just a short introduction of the many things that she has done. So Ambika is a, she's on a mission for peace to help people realize their true nature so that they can step in, step out of churning river of thoughts and activity of the mind. Stop wearing insane schedules <laughs> like badges of honor and begin their days reinforced with the calmness a meditation practice would bring. Oh, I'm so glad we're talking about this today. <laughs> meditation, meditating since the age of six, that just, it just grabs me. With 44 years of teaching experience, 13,000 plus hours of study, and having taught over 19,000 people the art of meditation. Wow. She gives you five clear steps that lead you directly into a deep state of meditation. She is a scholar of yoga with the expert knowledge of the philosophy and teaching, philosophy and teaching of the Far Eastern mystic mystery schools so welcome to the show today why thank you joyce i am a little confused as to how a four-year-old could sit a six-year-old could sit down when i am in my 70s and i can't sit sometimes so what was the how did that happen for you (laughs) great question what what (laughs) Yes, I I know. And it wasn't just me. It was my entire class of first graders. And we were at a Quaker school where 
Traditionally, students uh -huh. meet on Wednesday mornings to sit uh -huh. quietly for an hour. So the Quakers aren't calling it meditation, but that's exactly what they're teaching. They're teaching right. stillness, quiet, contemplation. And I really, really am so grateful for having had that education because I was taught so many things in addition to sitting quietly for an hour. Right. That yeah. when I later studied at an ashram and lived there, I realized, wow, a lot of the things that we learned and were part of in that early education mm -hmm. was a great deal of what's being taught to yogis, mm -hmm. which are you know, serving the community, having a, a job local to the community. So in school, I had jobs that ranged from raking leaves to working in the kitchen, cleaning off dishes after lunch. Right. right. And this really gives you a great honoring of everything that goes into the day of a student, aside from having to sit in classrooms and learn. And we were also encouraged to go outside during the day. We had, we had a break in the morning uh -huh. where we would do a job and we had breaks where after that job, where we could mingle with each other, have a cup of tea or coffee. Uh, well, not as a six-year-old, yeah, six but you understand what I'm yeah. saying. And yeah. uh, it also gave the faculty a time to kind of get away and connect with each other. And this was daily. Yeah. So, you know, these was, different chores. Were you, were, you were you living at the school or was this a school you would go to attend and come home? It was a day school uh, in the beginning. And where uh, was it? It was in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And yeah. later I did go to a uh, junior high, mm -hmm. uh, which was actually an all school, uh, it, but I was part of the junior high. And then later I did go to a, a high school as a boarding student. Uh, yeah. So once I was a teenager, I was sitting for two hours on Sundays and one hour on Wednesdays. And oh. it just created a contemplative me. I enjoyed taking my journal out on the lawn, sitting, writing, drawing, or just being in nature, yeah. lying on the ground in the grass or leaning against an old tree. Uh -huh. So it just created the habit early on. And when we teach things to little kids, it becomes habitual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see, um, yeah, just experiencing what it would be like with your peers. That's very important because when you've got a class of six-year-olds all doing the same thing, then they can take it on as, oh, this is not strange. Mm -hmm. This is just a practice that we do. That's exactly and it. And it was with the first through sixth graders. So awesome. we had the influence of the older kids, you know, feeling like this was a regular thing. And we sang on Tuesday mornings. <laughs> we all sang. This. You yeah. know, it is a beautiful education. So those of you who are involved in homeschooling, consider this as part of your right. weekly routine. And those of you who are adults, like you, Joyce, you mm -hmm. just start with a few minutes. On my podcast, Meditate with Ambika, I've uh -huh. got a less than five-minute practice. Uh 
So you can get started with some guidance from me yeah. with a little bit of breathing and just get into the feeling of what does that state of being feel like? What is the, you know, what are the sensations? Because uh, a great trend right now, Joyce, is to be entertained, to go oh, to YouTube yeah. or a podcast and have something to listen to and or watch. And this is not meditating. This is a trigger to send you into the state of meditation. The state of meditation is silent and a withdrawal of the senses. The state of meditation is not mind entertainment. Yeah. But we human beings need a lot of stimulus and we need to understand how to get in touch with our senses. And then meditation is learning how to withdraw from those senses. But how can you do that if you don't know what they're doing? You know, we have to understand what our senses are doing and triggering and asking of us so that we understand what it feels like when we're disconnected from them. Okay. Tell the name of your podcast again. My Please. podcast is Meditate with Ambika. Oh, okay. So it's my name mm -hmm. after, you know, Meditate uh, with and then A-M-B-I-K-A. -A. Okay. Now, sort of critique me on this. I have used this <laughs> in comedy. You know, I like to do vision board workshops. I love I, to do those. I love vision boards too. <laughs> so, so, and I'm doing one this weekend. So I always kind of bring them down to some grounding before we go into the actual day. Mm -hmm. And I do that. I used to do it with some um, soothing music. Mm -hmm. quietness. Then I have also used just listening to the sounds in the room. Mm -hmm. Would you, is there, is there another suggestion you might lay on me? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I love what you're doing already, Joyce. These are great because when we're focusing and concentrating on anything like holding a pair of scissors or getting ready to hold a pair of scissors, right. we're training the mind to focus and concentrate meditation. That's why I think a lot of people get confused about stimulus, because if we give the mind something to entertain it or focus on a dot on the wall, a candle flame, an yes. image, wow. a word, a mantra, uh -huh. Uh -huh. our breathing, then we're creating focus and concentration. And then that helps us to withdraw. So breathing is great. Uh, uh -huh. Grounding and centering is where I begin. I always begin with centering and grounding. Mm -hmm. And there are different techniques that I use for that. Mm -hmm. uh, bouncing my heels on the ground. This could be seated or standing or even jumping up and down if that's available to you. And that's okay mm -hmm. with your body. Mm -hmm. And that gets your heart pumping a little bit. That makes it easier to focus on your breath. Oh, and then closing your eyes and focusing on the sensation of your breathing, wherever mm -hmm. your mind and focus, uh, your awareness are drawn is fine. And okay. then take it to the front inside edges of the nostrils. Oh, if you can get yeah. in touch with the air there, then it's easier to focus. And then you can let the mind go to wherever it chooses. If it feels drawn upward in between the eyebrows, that's great. If it feels drawn into the heart, that's great. Neither is more correct. 
but let it go to one of those places and then ask your group to create an intention. At that point is where we can create an intention of what we're going to do. So with your vision boards, whatever your theme is of your vision board, that's the time to ask everyone now focus on your intention of what we're about to do. And you could put a little bit of suggestion about the actions of cutting, uh, Mm -hmm. arranging, pasting, Mm -hmm. things like that. That's what I would do. Yes. So hopefully that's inspiring and (laughs) helps to create some ideas. Yeah. Well, I like, you know, learning about meditation. I'm going to use some of that. I'm going to use that tomorrow. Yeah, please do. I mean, go go and listen to, uh, you know, the the perfect day or uh, one of my nighttime guided meditations for before sleep. I have one that's super popular with writers that I work with. You know about the writing group. I shared that when we were talking before we decided to indeed have me as a guest (laughs) today. And I do guided meditations for creativity and for writers also that help you get deeper sleep. So I like to put some multitask ideas into my guided creative visualization oh, so yeah. that so that people can sleep deeper, especially if it's a nighttime one or feel more energized if it's a daytime meditation. Right. I There is really a growing issue, I think, with sleeping. <laughs> oh, I think I it's been more. there, Joyce. It's, been, it's there. been there. Oh, it's been there. Yes. Um, but I understand what you mean. We're seeing more and more uh, it's products. More and, mm. I, I don't know. Maybe it's my age. I don't know. But I, I do see more people talking about it can't sleep. I just had a horrible night. Uh, mm, don't you? Wow. I mean, do you see that? No, they that's, probably well, yes, and that's you. what inspired probably- me to create a course for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a course that I created with videos and guided meditation. And uh-huh. of course, a little bit of written information, but it's, it's little videos. Here's something really interesting. When I set out to make this course, I went and interviewed people who feel challenged about sleep. And I said, okay, how many minutes a day can you give me? Can you devote to a video? Hoping that they would say 10. Uh, yes. <laughs> they said no. two. Oh, two no. minutes. Two minutes. I thought, wow. Okay. Not only <laughs> are you not sleeping great, but you're having a really hard time Attention. devoting some time to yourself <laughs> for some self-care. Okay. I went a little over five minutes on a few of them. I negotiated yeah. with them and I said, okay, can you give me five? And they uh-huh. said, okay, yeah, maybe. So I created and sleep envy. That's the name of my course. Uh And you can find that at my coaching site, uh, which is on coaching.com. And with and sleep envy, I give different guided meditation styles each night for you to use. And my videos address different things in environment and personal habits, because I have learned working with people that have challenges sleeping that everybody has different factors. And so that's why I think we're seeing so many different things being created because there's no blanket solution to this. Yeah. Um, Is that because we're all so scattered or uh, diverse? I mean, (laughs) 
we well, uh, we're certainly stimulated more than we used to be when we went. To oh, bed, that's I for think. sure. There's a lot yeah. of different factors involved, and then there's everybody's physiology and nature involved. So yes, there's a lot of different directions we can yeah. go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they can go to your website. This is kind of a, a bonus you're sharing with them today. Yes. If they can go to your website. You want to give them directions for uh, taking sure. advantage of this wonderful offer? Yes, absolutely. Go to ambicascoaching.com, A-M-B-I-K-A-S, coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. And there you can find and sleep envy and mm-hmm. use a code all lowercase Ambika helps me sleep and you can get 50% off on this course. Yes. I like that. I like that. Um, I, well, okay. Um, <laughs> you mentioned earlier the importance of senses being aware of our senses. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Well, we, I'm sure you remember back to learning about seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and touch. Those are what we call gross senses because it's part of the gross body. Yeah. I always wondered why we use the word gross for disgusting as well as physical. (laughs) Mm, I don't know that I love that, but uh, your gross body senses and each one of those senses potentially has a heightened level. Mm -hmm. So if you've been a parent, you know about those heightened senses because you can sense things your kids are doing, thinking, saying uh, at yes. any given moment. Yeah, right. they kick in, they get heightened. And uh, then we have psychic sensing, which are words that start with the French prefix Claire. Please do not use the idea of the clear senses as the Claire's. This is a pet peeve of mine. This is this is bad slang, very bad oh. slang. Okay. Use, use the idea of psychic sensing. That's exactly oh. what we're talking about. Okay. So you can say clairvoyance. That's the psychic sensing of sight. Ah. Do you understand? So let's use proper language and terminology, everybody. And each of your gross body senses has the potential of psychic sense. And I do believe we all have these. And as a meditator, you get more sensitive. You become more sensitive yeah. to these different gross body senses and you can actually heighten them you can Mm -hmm. you can train yourself to to experience them i actually just uh wrote an article about this uh on medium about that fine line between psychic sensing or intuition between intuition and ego because a big problem is that especially with intuition and giving intuitive guidance to others or yourself, mm-hmm. we have to understand, is that really intuition or is that the ego mind talking to me? Oh, oh. Mm, a great many people think they're being intuitive, but they're actually using ego ideas, ego stimulated communication. So to really get in touch with intuition, we've got to practice meditation. Yeah. I believe that intuition is reached by climbing the ladder of meditation. So we've got to be a meditator to be 
highly intuitive yeah. or skilled at it. This is my belief, everybody. You can argue me if you want. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense the more you know each other. I did yourself. I mean, just you go inward. I just I think it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But I am so excited you're writing on medium because oh, yes. I just I just became familiar with that site. And so I just put your name in to find you. Is mm -hmm. that how you find you? Absolutely. I'm still kind of searching and I have identified and connected with one lady that is writing right down my alley for some things, but mm. they have, they have a lot of people that write for that, for that. Oh, site. it's a, it's a really great place to yeah. blog. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it, that is medium.com. Mm -hmm. correct? And yeah. then just look for Ambika Davy. Yes, for mm -hmm. sure. I'm not on there yet, folks. So you can't look for me, but you can look for Ambi. <laughs> and uh, let let me let me spell out my whole name for you because you yes. can also find all my links on my link tree. So oh, link yes. tree slash my name, which is Ambika Davy, A M B I K A D E V I. Davy means goddess. Oh, so it's a goddess's name that I was given. Aha, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have explored meditation, but you've also spent for years with, from a teenager, you were exploring astrology and I the was. two together. And I happen to love astrology work and uh, although I'm not schooled in it, such as you are, but I do love the astrology work. Mm. And so anyway, tell us how those two, you, you put those together. Well, uh, we've, we probably all know the term body, mind, spirit, correct? You've heard yes. that. Yes. You've heard that. Well, yes. I think that most people don't realize that's a direct translation of Sanskrit. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, these three things represent for body is Ayurveda. Have you mm -hmm. heard of Ayurveda? I have. I think that's become more and more popular for diet and herbology. Mm -hmm. And Ayurveda is for the physical world. So that's for body. Mm -hmm. Yoga, you've heard of yoga. Mm -hmm. Yoga is for the mind because the, the focal point of yoga is meditation. Sure, oh. there's exercises involved, but that's an exercise program in the West that was named yoga. Yoga is a huge philosophy of lifestyle and it does have the physical exercises in it, but its primary focal point is meditation. And then there's really? Jyotisha mm -hmm. and Jyotisha is the science of light. That's astrology. So the idea of body, mind, spirit are these three daughters of the Vedas, yeah. which are ancient techniques for the science of life. So body, Ayurveda, mind, yoga, spirit, Jyotisha. They were never separated. It's just the way they've leaked into the West was one at a time. Yeah. In order, you've heard of using a mantra. Mm -hmm. And yes. in yoga and, you know, for meditation, for helping to focus the mind, helping to tame the mind and using your own voice and your own primordial sound 
is something I've been researching for years and teaching my students and clients as a technique for quieting the mind. And there are a lot of very well-known mantras Mm -hmm. out there. You Mm -hmm. You can surf YouTube for days and not come to the end of it. Mm-hmm. However, in your own personal astrological chart is information about a sound that would be really great for you. So we oh. use astrology to find the magical mantra for you. Oh, that's and then we so also awesome. use astrology to relate to the days of the week and the planetary influences of the week. Right. And and so we need to understand astrology and astronomy in order to do this right or we're just haphazardly throwing darts (laughs) in the dark you know we're yeah well you know it is interesting i i have i'm fairly new to a lot of this and so not meditation because medicate i've been on this road for 20 years but certainly i started out with jack canfield and we did meditation in his work you know his groups and, but uh, the yogi, yoga, I experienced some of those, but it was always in the exercise classes here. Mm-hmm. And sure. I'm stiff as a board, you know, I'm sorry. My body's that way because I don't move enough. And um, it was always such a, a challenge for me to even reach some of those positions. So, of course, I lost interest because it was a Mm. challenge. But um, it was interesting that you said that was not always um, relate connected. Yoga yoga exercises, the asana, are there to loosen you up so you can sit, so you can find a comfortable seated position. Yes. So that you can meditate. Pranayama, the breathing, is very, very important as well. Uh And... Uh, learning to do proper breathing practices is, is a great part of it. Now, when you, when I don't know where you took yoga or what kind of class you were in, but if it was all movement and posture based without any breathing, without any quiet meditation, then it was an exercise class using ideas from yoga called branded yoga. Yeah. Oh, did I used to teach class like that? Well, not completely. I did teach physical posture or asana class, Mm -hmm. but I was, uh, I would not teach anywhere where they would not allow me to do proper breathing, proper toning, proper meditating. And when it got to the point where, and I was told at two places, yeah, we, you know, just do the, you know, just get to it, just get to the exercises. I said, yeah. well, you know what, we're done. <laughs> I'm not doing this. This is improper. You have no oh. business calling this yoga. You should call it yoga like exercise class. <laughs> oh, I bet that went over really well. <laughs> yes. 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 Big, big, let's say big fitness change chain didn't really love me yeah. after that, but. Uh, and I really don't like to teach multiple people at once. I can't keep my eyes on 15 people or yes. 35 people at once. Right. I don't even really like teaching two at a time because everybody has different needs. And what yoga, I, I've been quoted on this for years. Yoga to me 
should be like a cat awakening from a nap. If you've ever had a pet and I've Mm -hmm. seen horses do this too. I grew up on a horse farm. I've seen dogs do this, but how does an animal awaken from a nap? Do they get into specific poses? No. Do they move in a very fluid, very, very taffy like way? Yeah. And they, they, feel what's going on and they stretch and and do all their movements just by what's guiding them on the inside so i recommend you close your eyes lie down on the floor and just start to move and if you need something to inspire you think of different animals think of babies think of how would a bear do this how would a cat do this how would a turtle how would a turtle do this I have no idea. You know, why not? (laughs) And if it hurts, no, you're not doing it right. If it's stressing you out, no, you're not doing it right. So if you're playing Simon Says and you're competing because, look, that's what happens. You get into a room with other people doing stuff. You're looking, you're comparing yourself, the mind's doing it. No, then it's lost its whole meditative experience. Please forgive me, everybody. I'm not a fan. (laughs) That's all right. <laughs> um, I, I was running through my mind. You'll have to excuse me, but I kind of go with this. Um, do you ever have to be adjusted with yoga? If you're participating in you yoga. Mean like, I what do you mean adjusting? I go to a chiropractor and get okay. adjusted. Because you can do adjustments on of a in, person in, in a yoga. pose. Yes, yes. yes. Um, I'll tell you when I, I, I started seeing chiropractor when I was a kid, uh-huh. uh, I started going to yoga class with my mom when uh-huh. I was about nine. Uh, I loved Shavasana, the rest pose, the best, which is the meditation pose. And then I realized, wow, it's the meditation I'm into. And, uh, when I stopped doing bilateral hyper stretches, like the warrior poses, I didn't need yes. to be adjusted by a chiropractor anymore. Right. So that just yeah. tells you, you know, those are throwing your hips out. You're probably not doing them in a safe way. Right. Um, now, because of the way I allow, I do practice sun salutations, but okay. I do them in the style of Shivananda Ashram, which is one of the places I studied where I received mm-hmm. my name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just really like the way they handle the sequence of the sun salutations. And I can easily roll and twist on the floor. Mm-hmm. Even if I wake up, look, we all wake up with a crick in the neck once in a while or the hip once in a while, mm-hmm. once in a while. Mm-hmm. But if you can't move, stretch, relax, breathe your way out of it, then you're probably doing something wrong. Right. Yeah. You know, so you don't want to push if you do go to class because you like that group energy and you like that sense of being in a room with other people, you know, extroverts like that stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. that's fine. And just be sure you're not competing and try to close your eyes and feel yourself more than using visual stimuli to encourage Mm -hmm. you to do movement or motion. If you're an introvert, hey, just put on some nice music. Uh, This week, I kind of got into some West African uh, music that's played on an instrument that almost sounds 
like a, like a mandolin or a harp. It's really beautiful Ooh. and relaxing. And sometimes I like some music uh, if I'm feeling sluggish and I really want to get on the floor and do some sun salutations, I might put on Gaelic storm and listen to some <laughs> raucous Celtic type music, you know? So yes. it's just, or sometimes I'll just want quiet, you know, right. and and just want to feel and kind of, I think of myself as like oozing on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, you must do daily movement like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's of part course. of your daily routine. I have the just muscles like to prove it. <laughs> do you really? Oh my God. <laughs> and, and here you can, you can see, uh-huh. I stand uh-huh. on my head every day. Um, you- there are four postures that we do the warm up postures for. Uh-huh. And uh, they are known as the king, the queen, the prince, and the princess. I like oh. that so much because if, if we think of tarot cards, those are the four court cards in tarot, uh-huh. or you know, the princess could be called page. But uh, they are headstand, shoulder stand, standing forward bend, and seated forward bend. So that's why we do all the warm-ups to do those four postures. Anything else is extra, you know, if you want to do a bridge or something like that. Tell me about the shoulder stand. How shoulder stand? Look? Yeah. You're actually uh, resting on the shoulder. Mm-hmm, you're no, rolling no, back. And, yes, head. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Face, face up, rolling back, standing on the shoulders. Uh, when you were a little kid in school and gym, they might have called it candlestick. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Shoulder stand. Yes. Uh, so important for digestion. And one of the most potent things that inversions, the headstand and shoulder stand are classical inversions. What they do is they, uh, particularly the shoulder stand will create a sensation in the heart space, which actually helps the heart to pump mm-hmm. hard. And mm-hmm. it's very cleansing for the lungs and the, and the heart. And if you practice plow, which is letting the legs go back behind the head when you're in that posture. Yes. That's really very stimulating for digestion and helps uh, to tone the small and large intestine, as well as all the viscera of the internal organs. So what if you're new to because you're you're introducing a lot of words and positions that perhaps some people have not experienced Mm. so how would you um suggest to somebody they begin with a skilled teacher one-on-one like myself okay Okay. and you can do this over the oh internet no problem yes (laughs) yeah zoom zoom lesson Let's learn to do it properly. Yes. And then there's no injury. We I don't like want that. any injuries. Yeah, right. Oh, well, that's cool to know. Yeah, well, I, yes. it's so important with any physical exercise. If it hurts, stop. Yes. Uh, yes. Stop, stop the mentality of no pain, no gain. Yeah. Foolishness. Now, you are a prolific writer. You've written six books i have okay did i get that right although one of them is in spanish so it's english and spanish you know it's the same book but yes Yes. i i do have six physical books out there and i'm working on the seventh right Ah. now Mm -hmm. so they primarily i i know when you were talking to them about them them to me they were 
very different in their mm. subject matter. So they're expansive over your, your history of learning. So you might just give us a brief description of your books. Can you do that? Sure. I be, it'd be my pleasure. My first book, Lilith, is a novel. It's got a lot of autobiographical storytelling in it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to learn more about me, however, I, I did write it as a fiction book. So there are fictionalized things going on in it. And How will we know the difference? You have to call me. <laughs> you have to call or write me and say, did, did this did happen? <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine because you sound like you've traveled all over the earth to get <laughs> All of this information, uh, you've mentioned ashram, you've mentioned it, and I'm like going, this lady has traveled a bunch. So we'll get to that. But tell us about your books. Okay, so Lilith, uh, I, I wrote a master's thesis for my master's in yoga. Mm-hmm. Who's going to read that? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but the, the premise of that uh, is about divine masculine divine feminine energy that that divine feminine energy and divine masculine energy is in everything Mm. so i took that and i based my storytelling in the book on three myths the myth of the divine feminine Mm -hmm. and i used the sumerian lilith myth for that the wounded divine masculine i used the fisher king myth for that and creation. I used the Inca myth for that. And I wove stories together inspired by one of my favorite authors and one of my favorite books. I love the idea of different storylines weaving and converging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite. So who is your favorite author? (laughs) Tom Robbins. (laughs) Tom Robbins and the book Jitterbug Perfume inspired Lilith. So it's a, it's a, it's a fiction story. It won, it won second place in an international fiction contest in the category of spiritual fiction. So, well, it's a book contest, an annual book contest. I came in second place and congratulations. L Ron Hubbard, (laughs) L Ron Hubbard beat me. So (laughs) yeah, I think if you're going to lose to someone, may it may as well be somebody who's got that much cred. And it was my first book. So out of the gate, winning a prize. That's pretty awesome. Then my second book is unfolding happiness. It's a co-authorship with a former surgeon, former chief of surgery turned Ayurvedic doctor who asked me to help him write and an introductory book for Ayurveda. And I said, fine, but I want to write introduction to meditation in it too. Uh And some cosmology because I honor the fact that body, mind, spirit is indeed yoga, Ayurveda and Jyotisha and astrology. So there's a little cosmology in there. Uh, And if you're curious about Ayurveda, it's a great first book. Uh, and then my third book is poetry. I have a f- dear friend who's a very well-known poet who wrote a lot of poetry about Vietnam. He, he's a Nam vet and he's oh. also written some beautiful poetry about love and he oh. adores water and the river near where we live. And I said, oh, you God. know what, Dominic, I want to write us a really nice poetry book. 
I want us, I want to put together a really nice poetry book where our poetry is a conversation of, of love back and forth Mm -hmm. and of relationships. And Mm -hmm. so that's called, uh, oh, the, the second book, I don't know if I mentioned the title is called unfolding happiness. The third book is called the wizard and the wrench. Uh The fourth book is a short ebook. The, and all of those first four books are available in audiobook form too, also. Oh, good. If you'd like to hear me good. read them yes, to you. Yes, yes. And yes. but the, you said the place to start, one that would, might be a pop, a good place. Well, to it start just depends on what you want, you know, yeah. and if you want to wade into my novel, or I think uh, there's some storytelling, personal stories of VJ's yeah. and mine in Unfolding Happiness. And uh, uh, the goddess book uh, is honoring, um, identifying and honoring the goddess. It's in the ebook. And Mm -hmm. uh, I may, it's got a lot of color imagery in it. So I may put together a little uh, picture book, like a a little, a small, Mm -hmm. small scale coffee table book so that we can enjoy the color images uh, and it could be a collectible. And the book I'm working on right now is about love. And it's just me writing this book. And it's got short story, a little bit of history about Cupid and Cupid mm. in other cultures. Yeah. And uh, so it's poetry flash fiction, which I get a kick out of writing. And, <laughs> uh, and also a short story, which is a conversation between myself and Cupid about love. So that yes. weaves through and there'll be there'll be artwork also and photography because I'm an avid photographer and and I still do a lot of creative artwork. I do um, most of my book covers, although my I have an artist that I work with and she did the she did the art layout and the cover for the goddess book. Yeah, um, I want to go back just a moment and talk about the one you did with the uh the man that had gone to Vietnam, the poetry book. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that I was interested. That was such a tumultuous time in the United States. And I mm. certainly in Vietnam. Well, our poetry book doesn't have it has one poem that it might have it has a couple from his time in Vietnam, but oh. they're mostly about relationships, his poems uh-huh. in the book. Uh-huh. And uh he, we both have a poem about our grandmothers oh, and nice. the book is uh goes back and forth so it's a he said the only way he would do a book with me is if his poem was the first one I said no problem <laughs> you can have the first poem in the book and it goes back and forth his poem my poem back and forth back and forth nice. so what I did what I have a whole lot less uh, written in poetry form than he does uh-huh. thousands he writes thousands of poems I have Really? I have a stack of books of his. Yes, he's a poet laureate. Uh, and as I said, very well known for his poetry about Vietnam. Uh, his name is Dom- Dominic Albanese. And uh, I had I had seen a book he wrote of love poetry. And I said, I'd love to use this one mm-hmm. in ours. And he gave me a box of thousands of printed out poems. And I went on a road trip and took his poems on the road trip and read them uh, and picked out 30 for the book. So it's 30 of his, 30 of mine. Yeah. 
Oh, it sounds like it'd be fascinating. It's a fun book. And then we do have artwork of a friend of his who is no longer living. He was actually, uh, he died after Vietnam because of Agent Orange. And uh, it was very sad. He was a very well-known graphic artist from that time. And Mm. we, we do have a couple of his drawings in the book also. Right. Yeah. Um, now, can people find your books on your website? Mm-hmm. On my coaching yeah. site, there's a page of all the books. Okay. And also on Amazon, if you look up my name as an author, just search Ambika Davy author and you'll find my author page there with all my books. Very good. Now we are getting close to our time together. And so I wanted to give people from you, I wanted you to share how people can actually find you. You are, you have so many different, of course, they've, the, you cover all of the social media sites, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. You're on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and what primarily do you put on your YouTube? Ooh, on YouTube, uh, when I'm speaking, mm-hmm. I, I will, often put a YouTube video, Mm -hmm. depending on whether I I captured it or if somebody else did, I have a list of presentations. I have a list of interviews when they're video interviews. And uh, I have micro lessons because I I tested it out. And (laughs) I think that the 59 second Instagram video is about the length of concentration I can hope (laughs) <laughs> for from people I do a few lives there uh, you know a few IGTVs yeah uh, my keynotes are uh, uh, keynotes are up on my YouTube so yeah. just different things yeah. there's so learning opportunities you, interviews etc where do you do where primarily do you do your speaking right now virtually oh yes yes that's the way of the yes world. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not booking any in-person gigs right now everything's virtual so if you'd like me to speak i'd be more than happy to speak i teach workshops and teach virtually so everything's online well we haven't even touched so many things that you are involved with that i hope in the future you'll come back and see us again i'd love to yes we can get into (laughs) something specifically or even try a hands-on type activity with your listeners. And really, I mean, because you can tell everybody Joyce is overwhelmed by all my links. That's why I have a, (laughs) yes, that's why, that's why I have a link tree. So if you're not familiar with link tree, it's a really great place uh, for people like me to put all their links. And so just look up link tree, L I N K T R dot E E slash Ambika Davy. A-M-B-I-K-A-D-E-V-I. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I am definitely going to check that out <laughs> with all those links. So anyway, this has been, it's been enlightening to me. I have uh-huh. to share that because there, you know, we visited before the call as always I do with my guests, but you know, there, you are, you, you're a deep well, my dear. <laughs> so I've been told, Miss Joyce. 
Yes. Um, well, uh, you know, I'm, I think that's wonderful. I'm a sexagenarian. A I think a I think it's so cool that I can say sexagenarian. And, uh, you can know, you I'm spell a, it? sexagenarian. <laughs> that means you're in your 60s. Oh, OK. You know, <laughs> yes. Latin word for six is yeah. sex. Um, mm. So I've had a lot of time to practice and I'm a bit of an introvert. So I love doing things on my own, you know, mm -hmm. just quietly getting into projects and uh, writing, writing is, is one of my great loves. You really? know, I just, I love writing and now I love. What age did you discover writing? I think that it was in third grade when mm -hmm. I realized that I could read a book without pictures. Yes. Yes. And that when I was writing compositions, that's what our teachers called them yes. back then, when I would have to write an assignment and I would draw and write poems and cartoons in the margins mm -hmm. of my notebook paper and <laughs> bless the heart of Mrs. Palmer, my third grade teacher. You see, I remember her name because she was such, uh -huh. such an impact. Yes. She was okay with it. Yeah. She didn't say, oh, you know, rewrite this, make this a clean page. She, she saw that that was part of my creative flow. Yes. And I loved margin cartoons. I got that habit from swiping Mad Magazines from my brother, because in Mad <laughs> Magazine, there were margin cartoons. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And yeah. that must be what a margin on notebook paper is for. So uh, yeah. I have to, I have to give the creds to Mrs. Palmer. Are we so so lucky when we have that special person that allows us to explore and grow and they don't mm. keep us to a rigid uh, plan that they have or that they've learned over their life. I just think it's awesome when we're touched by those people. I have to give creds to my sixth grade teacher too. Okay. Ms. Mrs. Simpson. Yes. Because Friday afternoon at the end of the day, she would say, if you want to put your head down on your desk, you can, or if you want to, you know, sit on the floor or uh, wherever you feel comfortable, get comfortable. And she would read to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was my beginning of realizing audiobooks rock. I oh. love audiobooks because I loved being read to. And yes. she read things to us that I don't think I would have found on my own. Mm -hmm. I remember she wrote, read Pearl Buck to us and uh, just some heavier novels. And right. it was so great. She was such a great reader out loud. And mm -hmm. I got into different types of books that I really have to say it was because of her. And I remember being encouraged by her and mm -hmm. picking up things I read everything Herman Hesse wrote in sixth grade. Really? Mm hmm Wow. Yeah. I'm going to kind of ask here, did your family, were your family readers? Yes. Oh, my mother, else. my mother, uh, in our, in our dining room, mm -hmm. we, we, you know, like families that have a dining room and a kitchen nook. You know, yeah. sometimes you eat in the kitchen nook, sometimes yeah. you eat in the dining room. <laughs> yes. Sundays. <But> in, <laughs> in the dining room on the sideboard, 
on a huge uh, book yeah. holder was uh-huh. a giant dictionary. I still have that dictionary. Oh, really? And even if we were eating in the, the nook area and not in the dining room, there would be moments when we would be in conversation and my mother would go get the dictionary and look up a word ah. and give us a word. And later, as she always belonged to book groups. Uh-huh. And sometimes the book groups would meet at our house. And so I understood that people read books and talked about them together. Mm-hmm. And we did that in school. So that felt natural. And then later in her 80s, she was in a book group and it dissolved and the library needed somebody to lead. And I said, mommy, do it, <laughs> do it. You, you have more than enough to be a book yeah. group leader. And she did until she stopped driving, which, yeah. you know, was well past a decade. So yes, it's, yeah. it's in our blood, it, yeah. you know, reading and discussing mm has always been a part of it and and just culture in general i i she took me to the ballet and the orchestra and theater and uh you know i i worked in it my very first summer job was working in a theater oh awesome as an usher so and that was in where that was in new hope pennsylvania pennsylvania Mm -hmm. awesome at the bucks county playhouse a very very famous theater yeah it, that's so interesting. That is so valuable in, in creating a foundation for a young person. You know, I, I worry some about those that live in the outlying areas. We just don't have those exposures. We could in the family. But, well, you know, we don't have. When left arts. to our own devices on things like TikTok and YouTube, Yes. We may not get the cultural <laughs> input that a mentor yeah. could give, right. you know, and I had great mentors, you know, just really great teachers. And yeah. uh, my, my maternal grandmother turned me on to classical music when I was teeny. <laughs> awesome. And other habits, you know, you live in a house with people, you see their habits, you start to adopt them, like uh, taking an afternoon time out. My grandma, she took a bath in the afternoon and then her after bath ritual was to listen to a classical music show. That was one Mm -hmm. of her favorites. Mm -hmm. And she had particular snacking style and her her little afternoon ritual. And I have to say, you know, I live in Florida now and it's hot. It's hot. Uh And I have a swimming pool. Uh And I noticed that I'll do a lot of work in the morning. And then in the late afternoon, I love going outside, being in the pool, listening to a book on tape, you know, an audio book and. Uh, or just meditating, practicing yeah. some pranayama, listening yeah. to the insects. There's some cicadas right now, and oh dears. and uh, <laughs> it's just it's just yeah. fascinating. And I have a cardinal, a bird that comes and sings, and he has been doing this for years. I mean, this cardinal and I, I, I call him handsome, and uh, <laughs> you know, we'll interact. He he gets excited yeah. if he hears me outside. If I'm talking, he'll come to a particular pine tree and start singing. Oh, that's wonderful. 
Yeah. Great. Well, this is a great place to stop with a positive thought like that. It's wonderful. So I thank you very much for being with you. It's just been fascinating to visit and talk with you and, and just try to stay up with all those thoughts you were sharing with us. So I thank you very much for being here. Oh, Joyce, thank you so much for inviting me. And I look forward to coming back soon. Well, we will be talking again. So thank you for being here. That's a pleasure. For you out there listening, I'd like for you to think about this week. Now, we've given you Ambria, Ambea, Ambaka, Ambaka Devi. Yes, has given you lots of great <laughs> ideas. And so, so you have an option here of choosing whichever way you want to pick up and put into your life. I hope I'll share with you mine. I'm going to the meditation because there's so much benefit there. So I'm going to begin there. That's my baby step for the week. I hope you'll pick out one, take up, do the yoga, do the read, the get a book and read it. I mean, the poetry sounds fascinating. So there's so much for you to choose from, from this podcast. And I do hope you will choose one. So make it a great week. You have total control of making it the best week of your life. Thank you for being here. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com. Yeah.